This week on the BAMFcast, we have a hunger for the game. And the only way to survive is with a cool glass of iced tea. One star, we're in. All right, welcome to the Bamfcast. Hey, Bamfcast. Episode 118. Nintendo yeah. 118. Woo, it's oh, the one that comes after 117. Yes, it is. Indeed. Uh, so I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm the Beat. And I'm Chuck. And what we do each and every episode of the Bamfcast is mm-hmm. we go ahead and hunt us down one of those movies from the past, and then uh, we track it, and then we come in here, and we slay it by giving it a rating. Uh-huh. And that rating is one to five jocks. If it's a good, bad movie, an enjoyable, bad movie, after Robot Jocks. Yay! Or it gets one to five bags. And in a negative sense, have some douche bags after Twilight. Boo. Boo. So. <laughs> fart noise. Fart noise, fart indeed. Fart noise. The movie. Welcome to the fart noise cast. So we haven't kind of done like a, uh, a theme cast in a while. No. I think the last one was probably Captain America's specials. Mm-hmm. Sure. Back to back Captain America's, maybe. That sounds know. about right. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, we decided to do 1994 Surviving the Game. Right. Surviving. Starring Ice-T, Rucker, Rucker Howard, Gary Busey. Mm. F. Murray Abraham. Yes, Oscar winner, F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> it's and a an alumni reunion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Donald Pleasance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Terrence Howard. Uh-huh. David Carradine. Michael McDowell. Uh, so let's get a plot summary out of the way so we can talk about this thing and move on from there. Yeah. Dot org. Mason is a man down on his luck with nothing to lose when he's approached to lead a group of wealthy hunters on an expedition in the Pacific Northwest. But things get really twisted when Mason discovers that the group isn't after wild animals. They're after him. (gasps) Gasp. The most dangerous game. (laughs) Right. The 90th retelling of the most dangerous (laughs) game. Because this time they'll get it right. Hey, it's man. Mm -hmm. That's the most dangerous game. It's people. (laughs) That's what I've been told. Yep. Surviving the game with people. People. <laughs> the game of life is the most dangerous game. Oh, man. Yeah. Spin that wheel. Mm-hmm. Followed by shoots and ladders. <laughs> dangerous. So, <laughs> fall off a ladder and die. Shooting. Just get all your iced tea out. <laughs> Purge it. Pouring yes. all the iced tea out right now. Yeah. Terrible iced tea Pour impersonation. Motherfucker. Yes. So Ice-T plays the, the main character, the homeless man that we're introduced to in the beginning of the movie. Mason. 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 <laughs> and uh, basically, they do a long establishing bit of him being homeless. Oh, God. Yeah. It's yeah. almost the first half of the movie. Yeah. He ain't got no home. Hunting for food through garbage, <laughs> palling yep. around with his uh, old Admiral buddy. I don't know. He just mm-hmm. had a USS Yorktown Stealing hat a pig from a... Found a gunner. house or something. Yeah. Found a gun. I, well, like the very first time we see the old guy is because... He's sitting there with his pet oh. dog after he's just found some food. Yep. Dog runs out in the middle of the street. Dead dog. Dead dog because, you know, killed by a car off screen. Then some asshole cabbie's like, your you dog. Pay you, you pay me. You owe me because of your dog or something. And uh-huh. he starts a little fight. And you see Charles S. Dutton, the back of his head, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> rocks off camera, you know, sort of sort of off camera and watching him, you know, kind of have this fight, but walk away from the cabbie. and. Mm-hmm. That's the first time you kind of sort of don't see him, but see him. This establishes rock. Mm-hmm. Stalking iced tea. Yes. Like a rock. And <laughs> and then uh, they, you know, like it just keeps going on and on and on. Like he's hunting <laughs> cigarettes and finding food and getting in wacky adventures with his, uh, his <laughs> old, old bedmate, I guess. His old buddy. Yeah. Taught him the ropes. Sure. How to be homeless. <laughs> How to be homeless yeah. in America. And then he dies. Mm-hmm. Whoops. 
and yeah, in yeah, asleep. he just kind of yeah, it just, just it was his time. Well, oh, there was one more fight though. First, as they they climb, they they jump over the fence to go get some meat meat from I guess some meat the steel meat place from the meat packing place, sure. district meat truck, mm-hmm. and a security guard you know turns all rogue and starts like beating up the dudes with his nightstick. A very eager security yeah. guard, like time to murder me some homeless people because homeless he people are ready people. to murder homeless people. Yeah, yeah and Ice Steve flips the fuck out on him and kind right. of beats his ass and chases him he away. Just pulls out his pulls out his gun. Yeah, well, yeah, his empty gun that he found in the garbage. Right. Well, then, the guy basically is going to shoot him in the head. He pulls yeah. out the gun and pulls yeah. the trigger. Yeah, click, click. No, no bullets bullies. in the homeless man's gun. Nope. But once again, is Rock is like tea. off camera, or he's right. in a car now watching this. Yeah happen because sure he's scouting right basically mm-hmm. and uh so eventually he's walking by like rock is working at a soup kitchen soup kitchen type thing Outdoor. and sees him walk by and he just keeps following him and is like right. hey i'm gonna help you i'm gonna help you i can help you let me help you mm-hmm. i give you a job and then he's like fuck you fuck you right. fuck you and fuck you and then finally walks away he's like hey what about that job what, what kind <laughs> of job <laughs> I ain't want to ask for a handout, yeah. right. but what are you handing out? <laughs> what, what kind of job exactly? Sir. <laughs> so he hands him a business card, tells him to go to this address and learn more about the job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he does. Yes. Yeah. And he meets Rutger the star Hauer. of the movie. Rutger Hauer. Sure. <laughs> Rutger Hauer. Yeah, Rutger Hauer. Crazy, long-haired, long-goateed Rutger Hauer in a business suit in a shitty building trying to make it look like he's got some sort of business. Mm-hmm. And his well, business is hiring dudes to go and escort wealthy people in the wilderness. Yes. A hunting homeless, guy. Homeless guys in the city who know nothing about the wilderness. Right. He thinks he's got the metal to... Yeah. Totally sounds legit. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, he also, the name of the business is Hell's Canyon Outfitters, I think. Yeah. Yes. yes. Totally yeah. legit. Sure. Sure. That sounds good. And so, like, they have I'd this weird, that. this mm-hmm. whole weird thing where, you know, Ice-T is, like, smoking throughout most of the first 20 minutes of the movie. Right. And... and of course, they kind of notice and notice him smoking. And they're like, I bet you can't even run five minutes and bets him, you know, that he can't run for 30 minutes on a treadmill and he does. He right. gives him $20. It's a quick little montage. And then he gets into a coughing fit immediately afterwards. Yeah. yeah and then, well, of course, he takes this $20 and goes and buys some supplies and then goes and gets a room at a shitty hotel. So he can take a bath and cut his hair. Well, he yes. got a, he bought a single, single razor blade. Mm-hmm. A he cheap bottle a of A cheap wine. bottle of hooch. Yeah. Yep. He... Box. Got the hotel room. There was some kind of like something to eat in there. It was like I couldn't tell what sure. it was. Homeless surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps homeless a, rations. Right. Perhaps a triangle sandwich. Sure. sure. And like a shirt, maybe. I I don't know. He yeah. has a money. I'm just saying, like he yeah. made that twenty. I like to think go, he bought himself a money. Sure. He stretched it out. Even in ninety three, ninety four, he made this money last a long ways. And they're well, frugal. The homeless. Yeah. Sure. They I mean, it was a shitty ass hotel, but yeah. still, come on. TV, TV didn't, didn't work. work. No. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he sits in the bath and cuts his. Part of his dreads off with this razor blade. He trims his dreads. Trims yeah. his dreads. I mean, Professional dreads. Yeah. I mean, he had like, you know. Nasty homeless Samuel ass Jackson and that caveman Valentine dreads. Oh, I mean, yeah. they were like way down, yeah. like just nasty. Yeah. And then so he trims them down to a reasonable length. And right. And this is when he lear- we learn that his back is scarred. Mm-hmm. He's all scarred up. Don't be scarred. <laughs> He's so scarred. We don't. We didn't get explained why that. Oh. Yeah, we did. Uh, fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the thing. But anyway, so he's. They want you to connect a dot. He's troubled. He's got a bit of a backstory. Something's mm-hmm. wrong there. He's got uh-huh. some history. And uh, so Rucker Howard shows up at his ho- cheap ass hotel, and's like, "I bought you some clothes." And here's two hundred dollars. Right. Yeah, I sized you up. Yeah, here's some clothes. I've it's done this before. Not creepy at all. No, I know what you wear. Yeah. 
I was, Clothes. Yeah. I was studying I you a, your groin to see what size you I got you a nice I measured your inseams yes. with my eyes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I've been dressing you with my eyes this whole time. <laughs> so then we're we're off on a plane <laughs> to uh, Hell's Canyon Incorporated or whatever. Oregon, maybe. Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere in the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. Mm-hmm. Yes. State Washington. Yeah. Somewhere. Nice. There's, there's mountains. Sure. It's picturesque. Valleys. Mm-hmm. There's goats. Canyons. Wolves. Uh-huh. Wildlife. Yeah. Nature. Like cabin. And Mule a deer. Yeah, and a runway. Mm-hmm. The plane lands, and on the plane is is Charles S. Dutton, and it's just the three yeah, of them, right? Yeah, and the pig. And the pig, and the pig yeah. <laughs> and then the second plane lands, like, not 20 seconds later. Right. And that's got Gary Busey, F. Murray Abraham, yeah. John C. Or, McGinley. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And then uh, F. Murray Abraham's pussy-ass kid. kid. Right. <laughs> Ted. Yeah. Sure, Ted. Yeah. Whatever his name was. They just called him Junior. Yeah. I mean, whatever. He had a name. It was Derek, just, wasn't it? Sure. Oh, that was, uh, that was uh, Secretary, Secretary of State McNamara. Oh, yeah. William oh, McNamara. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're the same person. No. Could sure? be. Really? Pretty sure. Time travel. I don't know. Ice-T might be the Secretary of State. Could be. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Secretary of State <laughs> Ice-T. Yes. It would be... Uh... I'm here to address the Nathan. <laughs> From the House of Representatives. So they go into the cabin and they get themselves settled and they have themselves a nice meal of the pig. Mm-hmm. Yay. Which, Frank the pig. Yes. Frank the which pig. has been slaughtered. They talk about the pig and they're they're having a nice meal. Meanwhile, John's, John, well, yeah. <laughs> it's creepy as shit. Sure. It, it appears to be a tasty meal. They're having conversations that would any normal man or anyone who's ever seen a movie would go, wait a second, this is weird. But they they go just go around the table and introduce everybody and Gary Busey tells Hi. He's he's like a CIA dog. psychiatrist, which right there is just like really. I work for the company. <laughs> well, and I think two of them were supposed to be retired CIA, like Rutger Hauer and somebody else. And Charles I, Stutton, oh, okay. I think, yeah. So I know everything about them. He's like those two. I know their background. <laughs> and then he, he you know, uh, Ice T asks about his scar, and Gary Busey goes on this speech, and it's pretty much all in one take too, which was impressive for that yep. guy because he's got mental disorders and motorcycles. <laughs> He tells this story that we all pretty much figured came from his personal life. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much the most horrific story you've ever heard about pr- parenting and raising a dog. Yeah, well, he says he gets this dog for his eighth birthday from his dad. Yeah. He raises the dog and loves it. And on his 13th birthday, his dad basically takes him out in the woods. Pits him against the dog. And yeah. one of you is not coming out alive. And so Busey basically has to kill the dog. Mm-hmm. Though it doesn't really explain the scar, because he says it, it bites never, him on the arm. It never explains the scar. But oh, God. They've got the whole thing on on the IMDb quote section. Oh, Great. Good so just read that, read that in your yeah, Gary Busey yeah, voice when you have time, to yourself. Go do mm-hmm. that. I'm sure I'm sure it's on YouTube, because it's the highlight of the movie. I will say I it's actually a, birthmark. a good bit of acting. It is. Gary it's Busey. surprisingly a good bit of acting. I mean, that dude has moments. He reins it in a little bit. Yeah. He lets it go later. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, meanwhile, all through this, John C. McGinley is at the end of the table just staring at Ice T and, well, like, not trying to stare at the end, unblinking. Like, like Ice T sitting at the head of the table right, or the okay. foot of the table, whichever. And John C. McGinley is, like, just to his right, left. Right. Okay. I mean, just, he's just, trying to stare a hole right. in Ice T. <laughs> Nostrils flaring, just like, like, what is this guy's and, and deal? He's, and he's got, like, a. It's not even a cop stash. It's just. It's, it's a Texas Ranger it's just stash. A, it's a yeah. douchebag Texas... Oh, it's almost yeah. a, a porn, like, mm. Blue Oyster Bar type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But yes. The blue Oyster I mean, Bar? Yeah. He's I, creepy you know. as shit. I mean. <laughs> so, I mean, he's just staring at him and huffing and puffing and just... Yeah. And, like, so it's question and answer time for him, and he's asking Ice-T, you know, you know, have you ever killed anybody? And Ice-T was like, yeah, my wife and daughter. 
And John C. McKinley goes ballistic at that point. He's just like jumping across the table. He's like, I'll kill you. Right. Everyone's like, no, no, John C. McKinley. What and are then you he doing? forgets how to use a door when he's running. Oh, when he's, he's so out angry room. to get out. He can't. <laughs> Nobody knows how to use that front door no. from the inside. Oh, no. they're also trying to shove him out, too, at the same time. Right. Yeah, well, because just... he's about to say, we're going to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm not waiting till tomorrow. I'm going to murder you yeah. now. And uh, because his backstory is that his daughter died. His daughter died, perhaps by a homeless person. Sure. They don't know, but, but he's that, decided that, to embody Ice T yeah. with all of the anger that he has. Yeah, I mean, possibly they, it was a poor person. They they sure. very very quickly say that, like yeah. in that scene, they're like, his daughter just died six months ago. I right. like, get him out. Blah. He's yeah. sorry, mm-hmm. forgive him. He's crazy. And Ice T's like, well, that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. weird. Meanwhile, he's not trying Maybe to go home. fit in even remotely. Like no. he's still doing angry homeless guy. Yeah. the yeah. whole time. He's like, how much is wine? Like they're like, you know, like. <laughs> Oh, I'm a CIA, you know, psychologist and everything. He's like, motherfucker, give me one of them cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like, fucked up. After Busey tells his story, Ice T's line is, you tell that story to your patients? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And Busey just gives him that toothy grin, like, yeah, yeah. we're going to Well, tell yeah, well, you. A- after they kick McGinley out. the only one that knows. Busey yeah. goes, well, you know, when, when after the wife and daughter, he goes, well, how did that make you feel? Yeah. And he goes, I came in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, about killing his wife and kids. Right, yeah. But then um, then uh, Rodger Hauer has to get his creepy little bit in, too, mm-hmm. because he's talking you know, about how to enjoy your food. Oh, yeah. yeah he's like, yeah. you'll have it. to smell it, <laughs> touch it, feel it. And then when you can't take it anymore, you slowly devour it. Yeah, it's a weird little odd speech. <laughs> like, like, creepy. Because okay. Ice-T's just woofing down the food because, you know, he doesn't right. eat. Oh, and then, and, and then the wine where yeah. he's like, this is good wine. And he's like, it's four four fifty a four bottle. Fifty. And he's like, wow, I could afford that. And he's like, 450 <laughs> He does Because, <laughs> of course... Y'all some crazy white Say people. What? <laughs> yeah. I could live for a month on that. Right. Something like that. That's crazy. Well, and doesn't Busey like push the pig head towards him and he's just like yeah. He's telling him like when you, you gotta, eat the pig, you stare at his beady little yeah, eyes. Yeah. And it's like you're eating his soul. Yeah. Well, based on his one night at the at the shitty hotel, he should be able to live a lot longer than one month. Oh on yeah, because he did great on, on twenty dollars. Yeah, I mean he was set for at least another day. Yeah. <laughs> he still had Ice some wine. Tea. Thrifty. <laughs> <laughs> the T stands for thrifty. Is that what you're trying yes. to say? Ice thrifty. Ice thrifty. It's cool to be thrifty. My name is Ice Thrifty. The more you know. <laughs> hey, yo, kids, I'm Ice T. I got a new duet with <laughs> Thrifty Scent. <laughs> uh, well done, uh, sir. Well done. We're going to spit some game. Someone gives you lemons, you make iced tea. <laughs> you make an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Spit some game, see if you survive it. Uh. When life has lemons to iced tea, you make an Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. So he, <laughs> he, he, he basically, <laughs> the evening winds down and he goes up to bed. Right. And, you know, and they're like, well, we'll see you in the morning. There, and he's like, I want to thank you. And he's like, he's like, I'll tell you about it in the morning. Yeah. But they're all—they're mostly super nice. They're creepy, but they're like you know. Tomorrow we'll go out in the woods and you'll earn your five hundred dollars and it'll be great. And this is what's weird to me is it's like, why do they want to get to know the guy they are about to hunt and kill the next day? Because they're not right in the head. Yeah, they're all—they all prove to be fucked up people because Ice T is then awakened by Charles S. Dutton holding a a desert eagle, yeah, Yeah. right in his face, and just screaming at him. 
yeah, you know, just, get up, get up, get up. It's time to get up. You get you, you know, and it's like starts mm-hmm. explaining the rules very briefly, which is basically we're going to hunt you. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to start running now. <laughs> you're we're going to have a leisurely breakfast. Yeah. When, we when we're done digesting our food, we're going to kill you. <laughs> but then like they, they throw him out the door because like Rutger Hauer and Gerald S. Dutton are not being nice as they awaken him and tell no, him what's going they've on. They flipped the switch. They've gone totally psychotic. But, but then they open the door and everybody else is going absolutely shit. Like, yeah. Busey's in his face like, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> Ginley's spitting on yeah, him. Yeah, spitting on him and F. Mary Abraham's just wearing his hat. And right. Like, yeah. And the kid's like, wait, what are we doing? We're not, no, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. kill the guy. What's that? What? That's a talk you Apparently, have with your kid before yeah, yeah. you go there. should really um, explain this before. Maybe on the plane. Maybe on the plane. So, like, Ice-T is still just sort of standing there like, uh, what are you guys talking about? And What's so they wrong start, with you? they're shooting at him. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, dance, motherfucker. Yeah, because I think at first he thinks they're just shitting him. Yeah, it's like, okay, you guys are funny. Good joke. I'm part of mm-hmm. you now. And they're like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> and so they shoot him at him two or three times and screaming and Busey's jumping up and down like an Indian. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so finally he's like, oh, okay, I get it. And he runs off and they go in to have their breakfast. And some of them are more tolerant of the breakfast than others because like oh, yeah. Busey's like, I eat my food, it's time to go. And Ruckauer's like, no, you have to digest the food. <laughs> Rock's talking about how he misses the sports page. Yeah, they're, they're all there. in totally different areas of mindset at this point. Meanwhile, Derek, the kid, is just like, we're actually going to do this? Yeah. Is the, the, what the fuck? And F. Murray Abrams is slapping him around. like you yeah. know. And John C. McGinley is like, I'll eat your food. I'm so hungry. I'm going to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> I need killing energy. <laughs> That guy has such a kill boner throughout this movie. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. And man, that flips 180 degrees so quickly, too. <laughs> he has an asthmatic kill boner. Yeah. So Ice-T uh, runs out in the woods, and then they're all like, yeah, get him. And so they, they yeah. get on ATVs, and Rucker Howard gets on a, a Which is motorcycle. Which bullshit. Yeah, that's not I know, fair. It's not at fair at all. That pissed me off. I was like, like come why on. Why even give him a head start? Yeah. Yeah, that's such a dick move. Most of it wasn't fair. And then there's sort of a moment where John C. McGinley thinks he sees him and just starts going ballistic shooting, and Busey's like, trees. "You killed him, trees." <laughs> <laughs> and so oh, this four trees. Well, he has the magic gun. I don't know what the fuck that was supposed to be because it looked like standard shotgun shells on that gun. It's like but, the gun from Alienation that was putting holes through like cars. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like they they, they said it was like a you know a, a large bore rifle or whatever. I'm like, yeah. that's a fucking shotgun, right. and, and like it's shooting yeah three inch holes in yeah. the trees from fifty yards away and all this shit. And then way later in the movie, Ice T uses it to cut down a tree. Has I mean, an it's, axe. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fuck it's a weird ass gun. But so Ice T sort of like he's he like finally stops for a second. He's like, gotta think, gotta think. And then apparently what he does is doubles back on them and goes back to the cabin and starts to just douse. Well, first he breaks into the 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 lock the secret mm-hmm. locked yeah, room. Yeah, he figures he's going to find a gun or right. Some he's kind like, of he's like, gotta get a gun, gotta get a gun. He breaks into the secret locked room and that's when there's like thirty Futurama heads of all the people that <laughs> with, have been with killed. Right, they all have. It's just horrible in case you know, like the FBI stumbles across this place because mm-hmm. it's. But it's the thirty deadly sins. Yeah, so they they've killed like thirty people before on hunts, and he sees that there's a jar with Mason written on it. So Mason, Mason jar, Mason jar. Yeah. good joke. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Oh fuck!" So he, like he, motherfucker, he goes out and gets some flammable shit and just starts dousing the cabin with it. And meanwhile, they've rolled right back up mm-hmm. on the cabin and bust in. He goes out through the back, and they're just running around the house. Mason, yeah. we're going to well, get you. I like before they came there that Mason. like Rock and um, Rock and Rucker Howard are amused. Yeah. They're like, nobody's ever gone back Yeah, before. they're like, we're clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But they all, like, three of them run into the house, and none of them smell the gas yeah. of right away. It and takes Rucker bitch- Howard, who's standing in the doorway, outside. for maybe a minute before like, he goes, smell? you smell What's that? Smell? And, I mean, you could look around and see everything's wet. You mm-hmm. didn't leave the cabin mm-hmm. wet. I mean, he wasn't even dousing the deer he heads on the wall. Everything. Yeah, I mean, that place should reek from, like, mm-hmm. five miles away. But, so, Ice-T goes out the back... And starts to light the place on fire, which just goes yeah, up while, instantly. While Busey and F. Murray Abraham are inside. Right. Mm-hmm. F. Murray Abraham's he's upside, up, upstairs. upstairs, thinking that uh, he's gone back to bed or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, why would anyone go upstairs? I don't know. It's a stupid plan. Busey, meanwhile, is a bit more determined and yeah. figures he went out the back because, man, he explodes through that he door. Bursts through the, with the flaming Bowie knife. back yeah, door. Just crazy Busey grin on his face, wielding a knife, going, ha! Ah! Well, he's, yeah. he's also his hunting gear is basically the uh, I don't know what you'd call it. What is that like the fringe fringy jacket? It looks like a like, like an Apache. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fringed, I don't know what a fringed leather jacket. And he's yeah. put like yeah. face paint on, and he's mm-hmm. he's yeah, gone like, full Indian Navajo crazy jackass guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he comes at the dude with his knife. Could have killed him. I mean, the movie should have been over. He got the drop on him, he, and it, but but he just sort of puts the knife away, and it's like you no, know, he's like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm yeah, gonna get like, your hand. It's like hands. fist fight time. My bare hands. And like that dog. Yeah. So they fight, and most dangerous game. They they're sort of struggling, and he throws Ice T up against the door, which is where the fire is, and you can hear it sizzle, and and, and Busey pulls him off the door, and he's like, I like my meat rare. <laughs> <laughs> And that's that's when Ice T flips him around. Does he go through the window? Yes, he, yeah, he shows him, him through the window. window. Right. And what does he say? He's like, he's like, well done, motherfucker. I like my well, well done, done, bitch. Right. Yeah, bitch. So we bitch. don't. We never see Busey die. We just see him go through the window. And I guess it's. I mean, obviously, it's implied that he burned up in mm. the fire. But even the dudes, like the next or later after the cabin is burned down, are never like we don't know where he is. So apparently, the fire was just so hot that he just disintegrated. Well, they probably you know. didn't want to, you know, look. Sure. Get close or care, but anyway, we sort of inferno. Yeah, we sort of held out hope that that Busey would come back at some point, just burned, half burned, like, like his Harvey face Dent. burned off with just you know giant I, teeth. I just realized something that never came back that is disappointing. The, two, pro, the two propane canisters that he carries into the oh, they exploded. Yeah, yeah they did in the yeah. in the cabin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't. Is he, he was like walking away? Oh, okay. he was being a cool guy. All right, yeah. All right. Yeah. And they exploded he, behind him. He didn't okay. look for anything. So that's probably what killed Busey. Well, I was, yeah, I'm just saying yeah. they could have done something a lot cooler with two full propane tanks. Yeah, because they set him up. He's like, okay, you carry these two giant propane tanks to the house. And he was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, these are coming back at some point. Yes. Yeah, not, they did, but not in, the, yeah. not in a good way. They so weren't anyway, featured. They were just implied. Mistake number one this movie makes. You, Killing you, Gary you Busey. You killed the craziest motherfucker right away. Mm-hmm. And that, let and, him go full on, like, hunting in the woods, like, completely yeah. native and... Because, like, when they first start the hunt, Busey is just sprinting to th- through the woods like a puppy who's never actually been outside before, mm-hmm. just running, just like, I'm free, free-range Busey. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's making fun of uh, McGinley because he's like, oh, you killed all those trees. Yeah, right. You got him good. <laughs> so he's having fun, and we were having fun with him, but mm. no, he's dead and gone. God, what a mistake, mistake to kill number Busey one. first. Yeah, well, this movie does that. Is Is it... Keeps killing off whoever the most interesting interesting, person is left. It's Uh like, okay, who's next on the list? Well, uh, uh, John C. McGinley is the craziest motherfucker next. So what what happens at this point? Ice-T runs out and comes to a crevasse (laughs) where Mm -hmm. it's just an over where, you know, the the waterfall is or whatever. And they sort of do the fugitive scene. Um, Yeah, but he jumps into the water like... The way they shoot this, they look down the cliffside 
there's like a three foot by three foot area where he could jump safely into the water. Yeah, so I mean of it's course it's like it's rapids. It's not even like a waterfall no. or anything. It's yeah, just like it's, it's like two foot deep no, water. No well, not even I wouldn't say rapids. It's in. like quickly moving babbling brook. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which turns into rapids. Yes. yes. Of course. But he lands safely. Um, yeah. He suddenly finds that one spot that's you know yeah. six feet deep. He's okay. And this man, he this took pit- the ice tea plunge. This- <laughs> <laughs> I uh, knew it. I'm out. I'm out. I knew it. Show's over, everybody. <laughs> Turn your MP3 players off. We're done. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So he gets away. Uh huh. And uh, and this really pisses off John C. McGinley. Oh yeah. Fuck. Well, well, he's pissed off because the other guy took the shot before he did. Right. He's like, don't ever take my shot. Right. Don't take my shot. Don't take my shot. <laughs> and he, he's yelling, I cannot finish if you take right. my shot. He's yelling at F. Murray Abraham. He's yelling at Rock. And then they wander off and Rock's the last one standing there. And he just basically basically tells us, I'm going to have to shoot him. I'm going to have to put a bullet in this motherfucker. Right. He's like, that guy's going to get so crazy. I'm going to have to be the one to put an end to him. Mm-hmm. So, Ice-T gets out of the water and is suddenly perfectly dry to the point where the cigarettes he was carrying are dry. Well, he said they didn't get wet. Sure. Sure. Which yeah, is he pulls them out and he's like, not even wet. Not even wet. I'm so Entirely cool. improbable. Mm-hmm. But whatever. So Unless he, there was some sort of magic fucking he, waterproof... He waterproof vest, vest thing that he had. Thing, yeah. But... It, Apparently, Ice T was also waterproof because he was bone he was dry when pretty he came dry. Out. If when you buy Dunhills or any expensive cigarette, they stay dry. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. they are immune to water. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, so basically, he takes cigarettes and just sticks them in trees and lights them because yeah. they're all like that motherfucker's smoking. Let's go. Well, he gets ready to light one, and then he gets that. I got a fucking idea. Right. He's a, ding. Like, <laughs> yeah, little light bulb. Yeah. So they come up on the the cigarettes, and this pisses off John C. McGinley even more, and he decides he's going to go off from the group by himself because, again, he thinks he sees something. He's got well, that they, kill boner, man. Well, what, yeah. they, what happens at that part is they start walking towards where they think the cigarettes are, and he starts going off to flank them, I think, because mm-hmm. he thinks he's going to get the drop and kill him first well, because of his massive raging kill boner. Sure. No, no they see they see the cigarettes from afar, and they're like, oh, fuck, he lit the cigarettes. The yeah. tree's smoking, and they, they well, leave. Yeah, but yeah. they hadn't he seen. Comes up they, right. they were tracking the scent. Yeah. And right. he had but he sees them, I think he sees them from afar because McGinley comes up, sees the cigarettes, and like smacks them, right. and Ice T's up in the tree, right. and oh, he yeah. jumps yeah. on his head from the same tree. So like they must have just been like uh there's yeah. cigarettes on the tree fuck off let's yeah. go yeah that's that's what yeah. happened yeah <laughs> it's just like it's weird and ice t throws john c mcginley over his shoulder mm-hmm. and starts carrying him through the woods and at one point he wakes up and starts struggling <laughs> a little bit so ice t smacks him smacks his head on a tree a couple times although not mm-hmm. very well it's not yeah. shot very well it no. looks like i don't want to hurt john c mcginley then they go hide in a mine for yeah the night. they hide in a mine but all of the hunters know exactly where they are well, later they figure it out because well, they no, see the yeah they I'm see the light. Not, yeah, they but see but the I mean, light. Roger Ayers is sitting there watching the mine. Like, yeah, he's like, "We'll get him in the morning." He's, he's in there. Yeah, because because mm-hmm. he's stolen John's. They all have headsets that they're talking to each other on. So Ice T now has a headset mm-hmm. and is talking to him. And, oh, oh, uh, oh! Now I've got a headset. Right, exactly. <laughs> so then there's this long ass scene where John C. McGinley tells his story. And, yeah, and then Ice T person killed his daughter. Yeah, and then Ice T tells his story, which is basically he was the super of some shitty building that he didn't want to bother fixing, and it burned down. He went away one day, and it burned down while he wasn't there, and they died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he tried to get in and save them or something. Right, but that's how he got burned. Yeah, how do you get John burned? C. McGinley, how do you get burned? <laughs> yeah, John out. C. McGinley keeps asking him to kill him. Right, he's like, he's got nothing to live for. Yeah, fuck this. And then they just cut away. Yeah. 
to the next morning. Ice-T tells the story, and then they cut away to the next right. morning. I mean, like, Rucker Howard makes it clear. It's like, yeah, they're up there. So we'll get them yeah. in the morning. There's no sense in going up there now. Like, uh, okay. Whatever, dude. Yeah. So they go up there the next morning. They find John C. McKinley tied up there. and Chilling. He's just like... Napping. And he's gone full 180. He's, he wants no more of this he's just like i'm out i'm leaving i'm taking my stuff i'm hungry give me some water yeah. and i'm leaving i'm not even like playing this ever again yeah we're, no we're, we're, i'm I just done. i'm done i don't want any i don't want my share i don't want anything just i'm get me on the plane i'm, I'm out of here and they're like we're, we're gonna shoot you in the back and uh well he says are you gonna shoot me in the back right and he turns around and rucker was like nope and <laughs> shoots him in the forehead yeah rock uh, shoots him rock, in the forehead. yeah rock shot him yeah and so, and then the kid, Derek the kid just starts freaking it. out in, like in the screaming like a girl, just the and pussiest way. <laughs> you gotta do something. And so that's that's when uh, F. Murray Abraham Should goes over to uh, Rucker Howard and is like, you know, maybe that's not a good. And Rucker Howard like sticks his gun in F. Murray Abraham's neck. He's like, you need to control your son. Mm-hmm. And so basically, the group has completely fallen apart. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's totally over. Well, they're um, used to winning all the time, right? Or they they they're used to having shitty homeless guys. Then they that apparently can't fight back. No, after this, they just go back to tracking. They're just like they have this little blow up, and then mm-hmm. they're like uh, they work it out. I guess right. It's like it's yeah. fine. Come on, let's go. And they f- see a footprint right by the water. And like, haha! He thought we wouldn't follow him into the water, so they walk like half mile down the stream or whatever. And all of a sudden, not even Rock yeah. gets his like little rock sense. He's like, something ain't right about this. Right. And meanwhile, Ice T has gone back to like a log. Yeah, he climbs out of the log, <laughs> goes back to their ATVs and everything, and yeah. You know, rigs one of them with the starter into the gas tank, mm-hmm. which nobody noticed. Yeah. Nobody noticed that. And starts to take off on one, but but by this point, they've doubled back and, like, hear him starting up the ATV. They're right on him. They're yeah, three Rucker feet away. Howard is right there. He could have reached out and grabbed him by with the dreadlocks. With a goddamn machine gun. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, doesn't shoot, waits until nope. he gets to a point where he can prop up. Meanwhile, he's already driven away, but so he shoots the back of the ATV that he stole, and he shoots out the tire. At first, he looks like he's going to shoot him in the back, and then he aims at the tire and shoots out the tire. Right, and so he hits a log and just goes flying over the log. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty impressive. We all enjoyed that moment. Yeah, Yeah. Um, it's a good stunt. It's an over the handlebars. Then followed by Charles S. Dutton gets on his uh, ATV, and then boom, (laughs) he gets blown the fuck up. He gets lieutenant, and they had a dummy right there on that because they show that dummy getting blasted off of that thing. And as if that wasn't enough, oh, then God. they then they cut back and he's still <laughs> kind of alive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, he's, he's cut off at the knees. No legs. Yeah. legs are gone. He's sort of giggling like, <laughs> yeah. next year we ought to yeah, we have, let's bring uh, this guy. Dur. And then Rucker Hour kills him. Well, yeah, but it, like instead of just shooting him or whatever, he like does he, this weird he, CIA pressure points pressure point yeah. choke thing. Right. It's yeah. like thanks. Buddy, yeah, because yeah, let's he, make this harder. It's a good thirty seconds of gurgling, yeah. and yeah. You, you don't actually see it. You just see Rucker Howard's face, but you hear thirty seconds. Of they might, they might as well, may as well just like let him push his eyes and yeah, really, <laughs> yeah, just just, just slowly <laughs> reach into his chest cavity and pull out of his heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he Starts feeling around yeah. on those stumps, right? See how you like, hurt? I know over two hundred ways to kill a man. You could glue an open jar of rats to his face, then blowtorch the other side of the jar, so the rats have to eat their way out through his face. 201. So we're really down to none of the most interesting people at all. Yep. It's F. Murray Abraham and what Rucker Hauer and the do. kid. Yeah. And Rucker Hauer is kind of boring in this. Yeah, he's supposed he was... to be just flat out crazy, but he's he's not. Well, he's, he's so one note. Yeah, he's just like, I'm a crazy guy. Yeah, he's like, I'm, he's, he's a, just like the serious, low key crazy guy. He's like, mm-hmm. 
I know my business, and I'm a businessman, and well, I yeah. also hunt people. Well, it's for like sport. he wants to, he wants to hunt, but he also wants to like drag it out. Yeah, well, he, he doesn't yeah. want it to be over too quickly. There's right. no he fun wants in to that. savor it like the pork. Right, right, yeah. right, right. But that's really the only like crazy mm-hmm. thing about him. Yeah, and yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's not that. He doesn't pull off that like rich eccentric thing, no. which I think is what they might have been going for yeah. with the character, and they, they totally and, whiffed on it. And quite possibly, the problem was is that there were so many crazy people in the movie. It's just hard for everybody to out crazy each other. It was mm-hmm. just like, well, I mean, Busey and John C. McGinley, right? Out crazy. They were over the top else, crazy, but they are gone. Yeah. So it was time for him to step up. He needed to go full blown, just like, mm-hmm. like Hobo Indian guy and Predator, guy. just you know, yeah. cutting mm-hmm. his his chest and be like, "Come on, I'm here." Uh, <laughs> Kill me this, now. Is, this is where uh, Ice T limps for a little while because he scraped his knee right. from the ATV yeah. accident. Yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden he's fine. He's fine. Again. It wasn't well. It wasn't that bad. He put some dirt on it. Yeah, yeah he rubs some yeah. dirt on it. Yeah, and then he goes. I didn't have any back he, go, he goes a little bit further. Climbs this is where he had finds, to improvise. He finds the ravine. Right, and he sees a tree. Yep, and he does a little. Eyeball and he's like, this yeah. tree would reach across here to make a bridge. Yeah. So he eyeballs this tree and pulls out the the crazy shotgun Magic thing, fucking shotgun. Just and starts shotgunning the tree over and over and over again. And it's not like a keep in it's mind. not a skinny tree. It's no, it's a pretty thick uh, I don't tree. Know, it's like three feet. It's a, big, it's a, it's it's a, a pine, pine tree. tree. Pine yeah. tree. Yeah. It's a big fucking. And pine keep in mind, he hasn't gotten that far away from them. No, they're right down the hill. And, and they're even to the point they're like, "What's he shooting at?" Yeah, it's like, "What's he doing?" That and ass? yeah, I mean, after like I don't know, ten shots maybe, if that. Yeah, pretty much all the bullets he had. He timbers the tree and then. You know, crawls across or sort of. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think he did. I think I don't he, think he did. doubles back. Yeah, he because they go across, he... and once they start going across, he starts throwing rocks at them. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if he just saved his bullets, he could have yeah. just picked them off. Well, and he wasted one earlier shooting at them right after they shot John C. McGinley. Yeah, from the top of a cliff. He's, oh, yeah. he's standing way up on a hill and shoots like a shotgun. 200 at yards them. away. Yeah. That's it's not well, a sniper it, rifle. They established it in the beginning. He doesn't know anything about guns. No, he knows. Yeah. I mean, his, his, his homeless friend had to teach him about, like, which, how honestly, I gun. kind of appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. That he's not, like, was secretly a military badass. Yeah, like, I kept waiting for him to be like, story. I was in the Gulf War or something. Yeah. Shit. Was like, to go really? full Rambo. Yeah. yeah. I like that he was just, like, a dude who was improvising the whole time. He was a poor guy. He was smart, but he had no idea how yeah, he that had, shit worked. He had some street he was smarts, crafty. but that was yeah. it. So, Rod Grauer goes across first, right? Yeah. He doesn't and get all the way. He sort of, like, is yeah. hanging out in the top branches of the and pine tree. And kid... Finally goes fuck you, dad, and like <laughs> starts to go first, which is just kind of funny because yeah. Finally, at that point, the kid was like showed a little bit of something, right? Because mm-hmm. he was like, <laughs> <"Hutzpah."> <laughs> yeah, and but then I mean, well, because like yeah, for he was like, you know, let me go first and make sure it's safe. He's like, no, dad, fuck you, dad, fuck you, dad. But so you bought me a Ford Taurus, fuck you, dad. I wanted the white iPhone, not the black one. Sister, the car, you bought me a computer, the worst, dad. Yeah, so Ice T's throwing rocks at Rucker Hauer, which are sort of ricocheting off of Rucker Hauer and hitting the kid because the kid immediately just goes and starts to fall yeah, and oh loses God. all that yeah. that he gained a second and here. just means like yeah, yeah, and falls and F. Murray Abraham at least gives us the no <laughs> F. Murray Abraham also pulls his rifle off of his shoulder and just chucks it yeah, down he in the did. ravine yeah for well, no reason. Well, he no was reason. like trying to save his kid, I guess. I, I don't By know. throwing his well, rifle yeah, in the Well, they got startled because Wrecker yeah. Howard tried to sh- shot Ice-T. Yeah. yeah. Basically, he shot him then, and that's, oh, that's what right, startled the kid right. to... Right. Which, again, hand. he recovered from awfully quick. A gut shot, too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
So, okay. So, because all that happens, like, he throws a rock, and it hits Rucker Howard, and then it hits the kid. At the same time, Rucker Howard gets the shot off that hits Ice-T in the gut, and the kid goes over, and F. Murray Abraham's like, no! And then he grieves for maybe, I don't know, a nanosecond before Rucker Howard's like, we're going to kill this guy. And F. Murray Abraham's like, fuck yeah, we are. I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah, he's like, we'll settle up as soon as we're done. And And then, night. Yeah. Immediately night. Night falls. Yeah, well, they decide that they're going to... Ice T wants a piece of them now. Mm-hmm. They've pissed Ice, yeah. off the T. The hunters so have he's become the hunted. Yeah. So they're going to set a trap for him, basically. Uh-huh. Which, which is basically just them hiding in the bushes. Hiding in the bushes and waiting. And then F. Murray Abraham snaps. Just not really, it, just because of like animal noises. Yeah, there's yeah. like a deer that jumps by and he freaks out at that. And like the, you know, there's eagle sounds and shit. wolf sounds and he just, he just starts shouting Mason and shooting all of his bullets. And then. <laughs> I was so pleased that he threw the gun into the woods. He's like, I don't need a fucking gun, and throws it in the woods. Yeah, because he ran out of bullets. Yeah. And then Ice-T is just, like, magically in front of him. Mm -hmm. Just like, ha-ha. Yeah, now he's (laughs) gone into, like, full-on, like, you know, completely mud-covered, like, only his eyes and his dreadlocks are visible. Right. Well, F. Murray, he couldn't see him because (laughs) he was off camera. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. He was looking towards the woods when he threw his gun, turned around, and Ice-T is there. Mm -hmm. Ice-T then murders him. (laughs) Well, yeah, they get in a... A little bit of a fist fight. A little I mean, bit. Yeah. Abraham, Abraham, Abraham puts up a, a fight. Yeah, it's a couple swings in. Yeah, and then yeah. he's got Ice T propped up against the tree, and he's you know he's got the forearm to the throat, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill you." And then mm-hmm. Ice T's like, "Fuck this!" and snaps his neck. Right. Like I mean, just out of the blue, one handed snaps yeah, his neck. Just out of the blue, snaps this dude's neck. And yeah. then the weirdest thing about this is that Rutger Hauer's sitting basically like he's gone full Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. sitting over there like face painted up, hiding in the bushes where like you can only see his eyes moving. Right. Watching mm-hmm. all of this. Yeah, he's right there. And then all of a sudden he's like, "Fuck this! I'm out of here." Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, he's just like, "Oh yeah." Don't go well because the sun instantly comes up because yeah. well, apparently runs, nightfall there is only about forty five seconds. Yeah. Well, he jumps on the ATV, goes back to the airfield. Right. Ice T gives chase with the other working ATV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it goes like at like they're literally as soon as Ice T's on the ATV, it's dawn. It's day. Yeah, yeah. and oh, then yeah. like you know, and then noon. By, next dawn, cut, dawn <laughs> it's like ass. high noon. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like Rucker Howard has started up one plane, which is going one direction, and then he's on the other plane, and Ice T chooses wrong. Yeah, well, Ice T runs up to the plane because he's gonna right, and then Rucker Howard is now there. up in the trees or some shit mm-hmm. on the other side of the field and starts shooting the plane, which explodes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, I killed Ice T. Yeah, Time to leave." Ice T away from yep. the plane, jumps in the plane and takes off. Yeah, and we thought Ice T's on the plane. Sure, that would have made sense. That would have been a movie ending. Mm-hmm. Yes. But instead, you just see Ice T get up from the ground, yeah, yeah. dust himself off, and, and then you've it, watch Rutger Howard fly away, and then. It, it fades to black, and we're like, "Wait, what? No!" And then immediately, three months later, yeah, in no, the city three, of Philadelphia, three days, three, oh, three days, days later. later sorry, yeah. so Seattle, three days later, in the city, city of city Seattle, Delphia. right? It's Seattle, Delphia. So, first of all, no explanation to how Ice T would have gotten back to the mainland because they were in far three days away. Yeah. Like they fly over mountains. Yes, and he had no planes. Not that he could have flown them anyway, mm-hmm. but he all he had was an ATV. Yeah, I took the ATV. And there probably wasn't that much and gas he threw left away in it. all the gas. Or right. maybe the place. firefighters came by. They saw you know, shit they saw burning. They saw the giant forest fire that maybe. the burning cabin and had created. And they just let him go. Yeah. Sure. No questioning. <laughs> no, he, he hid oh. um, amongst the I fire I was living hoses. out in oh. the woods, and I saw this <laughs> big fire. And so this Rucker, plane blew up, too. I don't know where that came from. Yeah. I, I'm homeless <laughs> in the woods. Right. Can you take me back to the city? Look at me. I'm homeless. <laughs> 
I, I don't know. He, yeah. He, but he gets back. Yeah, and then this end, I, I swear to God, this ending felt like maybe like the original ending didn't test well, and they re- went back and yes. reshot this, because this feels so different than everything else in the movie. Basically, Rucker Howard goes back to his office mm-hmm. where he was before, which is dumb, and is well, disguising... Well, he thinks he is dead. Sure, but still, he has a sense of urgency. He's he's constantly looking well, over the, his shoulder. They, they bother to play a voicemail from the wife of F. Murray Abraham saying, where's my husband and right. son? which was odd. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, establishing that he plans to get the fuck out. Right. And so he's like, he's painting his, his beard and his eyebrows and everything, and he's got like all these disguises, and he decides to pick one of like a Monsignor or something, mm-hmm. and it's weird. Nice hat. And Cardinal Howard. He goes to get in his car, and the car just clicks, it doesn't turn over, and he's like, hmm, hmm. that's peculiar. Doesn't hmm. bother to look under the hood or anything, just like, yeah. well, I'm going to back away from this car now. Well, Ice-T would have leapt out from under the hood that's and what, strangled him. Again, that's what we were hoping. It was like, Ice-T has hollowed out the car, <laughs> and yes. he's just waiting there <laughs> with a knife between his teeth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, he just, he goes out in the alley, and he runs into a elderly homeless lady, mm-hmm. And she's like, he's bear changed. He's, he's bear changed. He's like, get away from me. And he's like, asshole. And then Ice-T just sort of like, you see like shadows of Ice-T, like a, like mm-hmm. a cat stalking him. And uh, well, he and keeps he, doing like the, uh, you know, the voice is nowhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Burns. Yeah. And, and <laughs> he's freaking out and he, he goes in the alley and, and pulls out the gun that he's carrying in his, his briefcase and. And Ice-T Shoots jumps out. indiscriminately into yeah. the night. And Ice-T just jumps out, and they struggle for a while, and really oddly choreographed go, fight. Yeah, they go back and forth, slam each other Like most walls, of the fights and, in this. Yeah. And Rucker Hauer eventually like, takes off the rosary that he's wearing, like the beads, and tries mm-hmm. to strangle Ice-T with that, but he gets out of it really quickly. He just yeah. immediately flips it around and throws Rucker Hauer into the electrical box, which is a weak sort of like shock, and we're like, is that it? Really? That's weak. Yeah, I was afraid that was where he was going to die. I was like, no. But that wasn't it either. Uh, eventually just Ice-T puts him down and takes the gun away from him and he's like and Rucker Howard's like please just kill me please end the game yeah and and Ice-T's like nah man and turns around and walks away and fidgets with the gun for a little bit and throws it on the ground and just, well he unloads everything yeah mm-hmm. and turns the corner and just walking away yeah, he, well he pops the one bullet in the chamber out takes the uh, the clip out mm-hmm. walks around the corner throws the clip down yeah and then Rucker Howard picks up the gun Loads picks, up the, picks up the one bullet. Right. Loads it back in. Yeah. My lucky day. And so this is the callback to him finding the gun right. earlier, and the old guy tells Duh. him, you always check the barrel. If you don't check the barrel, it'll blow up in your face. If it's jammed, yeah. Right. So, so he jams part of the Dunhill cigarette pack into the gun yeah, or something? Yeah, he just put a bunch of garbage in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it said Dunhill down yeah. there, but whatever. He shoots it and just instantly it blows just, up. <laughs> Rucker Howard sort just of, fucking They explodes. don't even show yeah. it. Quasi off camera. It's like... It's like too it's like, close it's like you the see the silhouette of his yeah. of his body and then you don't it's just yeah. it's like that's it and you hear an explosion right and, and ice like, like they're just following ice yeah. walking down the alley mm-hmm. just instant credits. shadow haha dumbass <laughs> <laughs> you stupid right always, always check the barrel yeah he tells him he says the line which is like that means nothing to the bad guy because mm, yeah. he wasn't around for that so it it's, didn't mean anything there anyway no it's it just been up. revoked yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's fun to fill in all. Yeah, always bet on black. Yeah, fun lines with Ice T voice. <laughs> the end. We yeah. survived the game. Rating time. Mm-hmm. There's one scene we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. I'll, I guess I'll bring it back before because I don't know if it'll affect your ratings at all. Mm-hmm. When uh, Ice T uh, Wolf whispers. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, we ran about the wolf. <laughs> oh yeah, he's running in the woods and he's just. In, he's, well, it had no he, bearing. He, like, on well, he hears, and he like, makes a face like, oh, fuck, yeah, and does the slow face. turn. Aww. It was a pretty good acting moment for yeah. Ice-T. Mm-hmm. 
turns and is like, oh, fuck, a wolf. I'm sorry, Mr. Wolf. I didn't see you. I'm going to leave your jungle and you could just be a wolf and I'll, I'll go be iced tea and I will go away now. Mm-hmm. And it works. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the wolf woods. is just like, all right, yeah. that's pretty cool. Hey, you're iced tea. <laughs> yeah. Can I get your autograph? <laughs> well, thanks. Nobody's ever talked to me like a real... Like a with respect, <laughs> right? Thank you. Thank that's you. all I wanted. Thank, Thank you. you. We were then hoping later that the wolf would like jump out at F. Murray Abraham uh-huh. or something. That would be one of the kills. Like that, just, that the wolf been pays the... him back for kindness by killing one of them. He's like snake eyes. Yeah, <laughs> but that would have been nope. <laughs> the absolute best thing that Mur- F. Murray Abraham did in this movie. Yeah, would, would have been to die by wolf. Right. <laughs> but that nope. And I think his name was Wolf. I think uh-huh. yeah. So yes, I mean that Mr. would have been wolf. extra great. <laughs> Double but, great. But no, I, I don't. I don't even understand that. What is it? A callback to like the dogs. In the when he stole the meat or the dog that maybe because he, he had some yeah, animals with get dogs well, he got along with dogs yeah, he didn't he, get along yeah. with the junkyard dog he gave it a, he was dragging it along yeah. with a piece of meat right. <laughs> yeah. I mean I think he just knew really how to talk it. to dogs yeah. sort of like sort of like crocodile Dundee yeah, He's like, yeah. sure exactly it's like hey know. wolf I'm sorry hey wolf I get out your jungle <laughs> wood it was wood I know I think you're alone either way so am I. Yeah. We should form a lone wolf pack. Yeah. That was a good scene. <laughs> yeah, it was. Sure. Yeah. That was Ice's Delightful. finest acting moment. I just was going to bring it up. Sure. We, we didn't mention that was a good the wolf whispering. That, yes, that was a fun I just realized Rock is... Did not improve my rating. Rock <laughs> is yet another Banff Cast alum because he was in Black Dog. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Our least okay. downloaded episode ever. Black Dog. Woo-hoo. Hooray. Hey, go listen to Black Dog, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> For more musings on Charles <laughs> Wazy. <laughs> if you like Charles S. Dutton movies, you'll enjoy Black Dog. Okay. Yeah. So. Who wants to go? I'll go. Okay. Go ahead, Chuck. I'm going to give it two jocks. Two jocks. I think I'm being generous by giving it two jocks. This is is such an odd movie because it it wants to be like a a one-liner-y, action-y movie, but then it also, half of the movie is fighting it because it wants to be like this social commentary about homeless and and just the struggles of poor people and everything. Yeah, because they keep saying how worthless he is. Right. No one will care. Uh, yeah, that's the whole thing is like, no one gives a shit about you. You're homeless. You're worthless. It's not even like killing a human being. It's in, and so there's all of that going on and it, it doesn't mesh, but there, there was, there was the, the Busey scene that I, the, the decent moment of Busey acting, there was then the crazy free roaming Busey and the wolf scene and just a, a couple of other little moments here and there. I, it was fine. It was, it's not great. I probably would not watch it again, but it's all right. Two jocks. Yep. I think we're almost becoming like a scientific system here because that's exactly where I was for right. almost the exact same reasons. Um, filmmaking wise, this is one of the worst movies we've watched. I, I just like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like it is not made well at all, but there is some fun to be had here. The pacing is awkward. Yeah, the pacing is awkward. They're, they're, they have no sense of time, very little sense of geography. Continuity is terrible. Yeah, continuity yeah. Ter- pro- Just big problems there. And, like, corral some of your actors sometimes. I mean, it's it's funny to just watch them all kind of go nuts at once every once in a while. <laughs> but I, I just think, like, pull, you know, told McGinley to pull back. Don't just go crazy early on. So. Yeah. Yeah, because you had Busey. You were fine in the yeah. crazy department. Just like, well, it's it, almost it, like they. It should have been more of a slow burn with him. Almost like, like they right. prompted him to. To go ahead and just go and crazy. Go crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that scene had to have been, if not scripted, at least allowed. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, but, oh, and the other thing is, this is like the one of the more anti-Stargroves ever. 
This this soundtrack is all yeah, over the fucking weak. place. Despite it weird. being by Stuart Copeland of the police, which yeah. is, you know, yeah, you would think, hey, this is going to be pretty good. But it's fucking but, weird. It's yeah, there, there's, the it's jaunt, there's the jaunty clarinet hobo scene. Yeah, there's Miles Davis on the soundtrack. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, yeah. But there's like the Predator the drums soundtrack. every once in a while and like tribal music. But then and, there's a lot of slide guitar in like weird places, like bluesy sort of music. And was, there was that cheerful clarinet during the homeless people. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying. The jaunty yeah. clarinet homeless scene. Yeah. That, it was that was weird. Tumblr.com. Yeah. And then the music of the, <laughs> towards the end was really weird too. Just like it wasn't suspenseful or anything. And, no, yeah. it was it was all strange. I, I like with John C. McGinley, what they should have done was like maybe not reveal that Ice T killed or you know his his wife and daughter were killed until maybe that scene in the in the cave and mm-hmm. that's when John C McGinley snaps and that's when the team has to put him down because he's gone full mental retard mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you could do it like that there was just no reason to have him just uh, if you've got a scene with Busey you can't out crazy him mm-hmm. you've got crazy on your set temper everybody else until you don't have Busey anymore and then you can unleash more crazy but I think that's another problem they i mean they squandered the crazy in this movie. Oh, sure. John C. McGinley does crazy really well. Yeah. Busey is the fucking master. <laughs> yes. If there was an Academy Award for crazy, he would win best fucking crazy every day. They <laughs> give him an award and it's yes. every day. Lifetime and a Lifetime Achievement Award best every crazy. year. Sure. For best fucking crazy. Yeah. He's because Cecil, he's that Cecil good. The Cecil B. DeMille Award yeah. for crazy yes. goes to... And that's why that one scene is so effective because he really reins it in. And like I said, most of that shot, most of that scene is one shot, mm-hmm. which is impressive. Because mm-hmm. that guy's fucking crazy. But I yeah. still think that's a story from his childhood. <laughs> I, I do. It's it's an actual story. Yeah, yeah it's just the whole when thing. When we get a chance to interview him, we got to right. ask him about it. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing to me, it's like on the filmmaking and writing level, it's very much like your first movie. And, and that's what it is. I mean, it was basically his first, uh, the director's first movie other than Juice. And the yeah. writer, which is much better, and the, made than and this. the writer, yeah. it was his first movie yeah. as well. So, and I think that's where a whole ton of the problems comes from the script, and then just the casting being off because the guys that we want to follow and care about mm-hmm. get killed first. Yeah, I mean, and, and even like when they tried to to make the kid the one like voice of reason in the group, they instantly flip that switch and make the kid an idiot. Well, yeah, and then the kid at one point is just like, well. We'll kill him, but I'm never going to be the same after this. Yeah, is what he tells the dad. Yeah. It's like first of all, you don't be say like shit you... like that. You just go along if you're going to go along. Don't sure. give speeches. Yeah, I, I you know, despite all that, give a good I, speech. Yeah, despite all a that, I think speech. I'm at three jocks. Okay, really? Because I just had so much fun with iced tea. We did being, enjoy us some iced tea. I mean, we had a ton of fun. It was refreshing at this movie. Yes, and delicious, and, and occasionally moist. brisk. <laughs> <laughs> had, I mean, we had so many good jokes Brisk, while watching baby. this movie that I yeah. think really affects my viewing of it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was entertaining to watch, even though there were some stretches of of high drama. Where and that's the like, thing is, it's uh, got so many guys that I love. Yeah. in one movie, yeah. yeah, it's a good cast. I, they were not used effectively, but it was a good cast. A nice effort. Yeah, but I but you are right. I think that ending is a different ending than what they originally sure had. Sure, felt like it. And I wouldn't be surprised if the wolf figured into the original one. You know, if like even if like the wolf is what jumps on Rucker Hauer at the Maybe. end and kills him, and then the audience was like, "No, Ice T has to kill." him. I almost think the movie ended where it faded out that Ice T was survived and was just going to hang out in the wilderness and and yeah. like, sequel maybe. <laughs> like, yeah, like this would be amazing yeah, sequel. Yeah. yeah, but no, but I mean, now I he's still, running the most dangerous game. Yeah, <laughs> now yeah. he's in charge. I, I still <laughs> enjoyed this. Homeless people come out and hunt <laughs> businessmen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> flip the script. Mm-hmm. 
I would. We're making that movie. That's a pretty good. Would idea. watch. <laughs> yeah. So what about you, BJ? Uh you know, I'm, I'm, I've been kind of teetering between a, a two and a one. I can't go three, and it's, it's kind of a stretch to go two, but I'm gonna go ahead and give it to it because the Busey speech mm-hmm. was priceless. <laughs> um, John C. McGinley's. Uh, Ensign Award was really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did basically get an ensign, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's been a while since we awarded an ensign. Yeah, well, it <laughs> well here here to the gate though. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. like uh, he and even though we did see him kind of you know building his rage mm-hmm. through his expressive eyes, um, yeah. he did just blow up, yeah. just fucking freaked out. Yeah. Um, and I see, of course, is I motherfucking T. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, all those combined are not enough to get it to a not enough to get it to a three. So I'm going to give it a two. They squandered a lot of opportunity with having yeah. Busey and McGinley. Even even if they just said, "Hey, fucking out crazy each other," mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta take advantage of that. He's on like Busey's on the poster, and he doesn't last past the first ten minutes of the. Of the hunt. Of the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And Rucker Hauer is the... Blandest is bad guy. The bland, yeah, the most bland main bad yeah. guy. Except F. Murray Abraham, who is just kind of an yeah, accountant out there with a yeah, gun. Right. Yeah. He was. Tough. They said he was from Wall Street. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. not threatening at all. Yeah. I, I just yeah. think when you're going to retell the most dangerous game for the 90th time, you got to have a good spin on it. you got to do something. you got to have... Or at least, well, or I or at least do, do it well. Yeah, yeah. Either, ma- either make it solid or like I have this great I, I twist on the classic tale or something. Yeah. And it's just... It's, just it's done, actually it's just been like, homeless people hunting yeah, the Yeah, I mean, time, it's just or, like we're yeah. going to hunt Ice-T and it's like, okay, I guess Ice-T was hot at the time, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't drink no, iced tea hot. Cool. Iced tea's always cool. Yeah, refreshing. <laughs> right. Okay. Delicious. Let's please go take a break. So okay. We can yeah. Take a All right. Yeah. Take the iced tea plunge. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, hey. Bamcast. Hey, second half. This second is the half. second half of the podcast. Yep. Called the Bamcast. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, Mackie, you saw a movie, a new movie. I Woo! saw The Hunger Games. Hey. Oh, wow. That hey. ties into this other movie we saw. Yeah. Wow. Did you... Uh, kind of sort of. So clever. Yeah. Were you satiated when you were done? I did not leave hungry. That's good. All right. Or something. Tell us about The Hunger Games. What is it? I don't mind stealing bread. What um, is a Hunger Game? How is a Hunger Game played? How is Hunger Game it's a game. See. The most is it the most dangerous game? Yeah. Can you play as Batman? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Oh. No. But uh No, it's Can um, you play as Mystique? No. Oh. Actually can. Wait. Yes. You can. <laughs> That's the answer. Nah. Nah. No. She ain't blue in this one. Oh. Okay. No, but uh Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. It's it's better than I expected. Clear something up for uh for everyone. Is it sure. Just a shitty, teeny ripoff of Battle Royale. No. Okay. I don't think so. I didn't think it would be either. No. Having it's, learned a few things it about is it. PG-13 movie, mm-hmm. so you're not going to get the violence of Battle Royale mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. It's sure. so much of that violence is implied. 
But it was actually kind of surprising that um, it takes a very long time to actually get them into the battle arena thing. Mm. Sure. I imagine it, they've got a lot of characters set up to do. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's... Are, I'll say this. It's a very mainstreamy movie. It doesn't really do too much that's going to surprise you. And I mean, it's it's also very much like young adult fiction in that it's got big ideas, but it doesn't exactly say anything new about them. Sure. You know, it's just the kind of like, oh, here's the haves and the have nots and here's reality television corrupting us. And, you know, what has that done to, you know, has it dehumanized us? There's those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But my issue is in the beginning, you know, you've got all it's the world building that they do, which they actually do a fairly good job of in the beginning is America somehow splintered at some point in the future. And all there were 13 districts and 12 of them rebelled. And then one of them was able to put them all down and now, as tribute, each of the 12 districts has to offer one boy and one girl between the ages of 12 and 18 to participate in the Hunger Games. And it's pretty much one person wins. And I thought at the end that person won and then was able to become a citizen of the good nation because the other ones are just presented as like, life is shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you are living in sheds. You are you have no food. Your, your life sucks right. if you're in one of those you know, one of these districts and nobody wants to be drafted, of course, because you basically have a one in 24 shot of living. Mm. That <laughs> and, and bad. they also, the way they set it up is the very, it's very teen high schooly in that some of the districts train their kids their entire lives. So they're ready for the games when they get drafted. And then other districts are just like, fuck, we, it sucks, but oh, well, we got to send somebody. So they have that where they have these, you know, even though the super rich, super powerful district Mm -hmm. that runs everything, you know, then you got the other level where it's the kids that are trained and know how to kill people in a bunch of different ways. And then there's the kids that are just like, fuck, I'm fucked. God damn it. This sucks. (laughs) Are are all the participants multicultural? Is there like oh, of course. the Asian one and oh, of course. the woman and <laughs> though um, so like the Mexican district? Well, the way the, I understand it, there's a male no. and female from every district. That's how you yes. get 24. Okay, so Good yeah, point. yeah, male and female from each. But you know, obviously the 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 guy the the high school quarterback type guy, you know, sure. who's <laughs> been training all his life. He's the big tall blonde dude that's all jacked up. You know that right. sort of thing. So it's like it's very much it plays on so many cliches that sure. are present in that stuff. But I think it does it well enough because it's pretty well cast hmm. and Jennifer Lawrence is pretty good. Mm-hmm. The guy, the other guy who comes from her district. Um, I don't remember the actor's name, but his name's Peta in the movie. And Peta. he's, he gets better. Like he starts off kind of like, uh, yeah. and then eventually he gets a little bit better as it goes on. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's the world building. In the beginning is good, even though I absolutely fucking hate the costuming. And I've been told by people on Twitter that it's not as exaggerated as it is in the book. Like the book, they just go above and beyond. They had to make it somewhat filmable. Yeah. But I mean, it's still like, you know, Stanley Tucci's got bright blue hair and just, I saw the dude with the the crazy fire looking beard. Yes. Oh, Wes Bentley from uh, American Beauty. He's got the douchiest beard. 
Hmm. slash Sweet. the best beard ever. That there's looked like, like awesome, but I'd still want to punch that guy. Yes. Like, holy but the, shit, but that's there dedication. Are like, you know, it's one of those beards that's trimmed super short, <laughs> yeah. and, and he's got that dark black hair, but then that's he's the got most like... the beautiful beard I've ever seen. But he's like got like flames joke. carved into it. I mean, it looks like just, somebody painted a stencil on his face. Yeah, and, and the issue is like... One of them wrestler beards. It's like the stuff is so crazy about them that you almost don't pay attention to the movie because you're just like, look at his fucking beard. Yeah. It's huge on the screen and like, and, and you know, and I'm sitting there, honestly, I'm sitting there watching going, okay, how did they shave it each day? Like, did they have to do it daily to get it like that? Did they paint it on? Laser stencil. How is it, yeah. you know, you, it's CG. Like, you just you get to, green like, on his I face. I found myself yeah. getting focused on stuff that shouldn't matter. And I think that was my issue with the first half is you get so focused on the crazy costuming that they do that you don't. You almost don't care. Well, I mean, that could be a problem with a like a future movie or an alternate universe movie or something mm-hmm. like that. Whereas if they give too much detail, you do start to focus on that kind of stuff. It's like, wow, what? How would that come about? And why would someone? Yeah. How did that style of clothing evolve? And what music are they listening to? And what but the I mean, fuck it's like on? very much Fifth Element meets like old Victorian. Yeah, almost is the way I describe it. And it's yeah. just it's garish to the point that it's not enjoyable to watch and it gets fatiguing to watch. Mm. So it's good once they get into the actual like game, but they actually have a whole training where they train them for days. And training have, montage. Yeah, and they have mm-hmm. sponsors that sure, you know that sponsor that by tell Nike. Them, like like Woody Harrelson is their mentor who tells them, okay, when you get in, here's what you need to be doing. And wait, I'm sorry, Woody Harrelson is their mentor. <laughs> yes, I'm in. <laughs> I'm going now. He's actually really good because he's got somewhat of an arc. Uh-huh. But that's another issue. With and he's the movie. also a natural born killer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But but that's also Sweet. an issue I kind of have with the movie is Throwback. it's characters kind of lurch from from attitude to attitude. Like you know that there's character development there, mm-hmm. but you can tell it's adapted from a book because you know that character development was in the book. But in the movie, it's like somebody's a perfect stranger one day, and then the next day they're like kind of best friends. Sure. And you don't get that continuity that pushes you through. To that point, it's just kind of like, you know, there's because Lenny Kravitz is her stylist in the movie. Yeah, it's Lenny Kravitz yeah. is in the movie. Yes. As a, as a serious yeah. character. Yes. I've heard I've heard from and he's actually pretty good. I, yeah, I've heard from people that a he's good uh-huh. for Lenny Kravitz mm-hmm. and okay. he's a good he's a good casting choice for oh. the character. Yes. What I've what I've heard. Yeah, but it's it's like. It's funny because at one point he's just, they only have like three conversations, but he's, he's the last person she talks to before she goes into the games. And you'd think that like, she was the only person he'd ever talked, you know, that they're like, they have this huge connection that you just don't get as you're watching the movie. It's just all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, now thank you so much. You know, that sort of stuff. And you, you don't get where the connection came from. Now, but, w- watching this, do you get the feeling? I mean, obviously, it is a franchise. It will be a franchise. Does the movie yeah. give you that feeling like this is just the first chapter in the franchise? Um, yes, because, I mean, they get into the fighting stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the good, a good size chunk of the movie. It's it's like a two and a half hour movie. And I'd say that's a solid hour. Okay. And then there's probably like 20 minutes of epilogue. Oh after kind of what happens. Yeah. And the epilogue stuff was actually probably the most interesting to me, which bodes well for the rest of the movies. Mm -hmm. But it definitely, I mean, they say that the games happen every year and there's stuff that happens afterwards that they're just kind of like, it feels like setup. And luckily like the whole, you know, there's gotta be the little love triangle thing that goes on with the guy that she left behind in her district before she went. Sure. And then the guy that she's paired with is kind of like, you have to, 
that ends up happening and just, you know yeah. so there's but that stuff is very marginalized luckily yeah because it's kind of not particularly good huh. at least until the end there's some stuff that's implied that's a lot better <laughs> but i mean once they're in the game it's kind of interesting to see they actually do have the different characters that go the different strategies mm-hmm. they got the one girl that's just like i'm gonna hide the fuck out and hope nobody finds me yeah they got obviously the the super jocks that band together and hunt in a pack kind of and survivor. Yeah. You got all the, you know, you've got all the stuff going on. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun to see how different people get dispatched and, you know, and like Woody Harrelson tells him in the beginning, he's like, do not run. Like they put all the weapons in the middle and everyone comes up in these pillars all around in a big circle. Yeah. And Woody Harrelson's like, don't run in the middle. It's a bloodbath. Do not go in the middle trying to get a weapon. Just hide and come back later and hope that you can get something. It's a good idea. You know, so it's like, but you see what happens to the people that don't listen to that advice. <laughs> but there's a lot, of, you know, the, but that's the thing about a PG-13 movie is there's so much implied violence. Sure. You know, you see somebody swinging a sword and then it's the, you know, splatter on the wall type stuff. So gotcha. it's not as satisfying as a hard R would have been. But yeah. I still, I mean, as far as on a filmmaking level, it's good. I cared about the characters. They pace it well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's logical reasons for everything that happens. I mean, there's some stuff that I, I don't want to get spoilery about it, but there's Thank stuff you. that bothers me right? about, and I know, and it had to be from the book, but there's stuff where they're not, they don't take enough chances. They go the safe route with a lot of things yeah. and that, they, I'm, you know, but I mean, it's a PG-13 I mean, yeah, young I mean, adult book, so it's kind of... I, I think that right I, now they're like, ha we we made $500 million. We, yeah, the changes at, were good. At least there will be sequels. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, so it's they, they'll complete that story and it's not just yeah. left kind of where it is, but... Yeah. I I saw, like, just leading up in the last few days, I've seen the trailers and a bunch of, oh, Hunger Games, Hunger Games. And so the media machine started right. like, getting its fingers in my mind. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this does look kind of interesting i kind of yeah oh but i don't want to see it like if i know there's a book out there i want to read the book first so i'm crashing through my last james bond novel and then mm -hmm. straight on into hunger games and really you could do a lot worse let's put it that way (laughs) yeah you know i mean it's it's not the best thing you're gonna see but you could do a lot worse yeah and but there is a lot of shaky cam i can a lot of shaky cam action so you know, your tolerance for that. I got used to it because it's filmed in such a documentary style through sure. a large, large portions of it that mm-hmm. it worked for me. You just encouraged me to watch it at home because that does not bother me at home nearly as much as in the theater. Yeah. yeah. Theater is kind of, uh, but yeah. I, I hadn't really planned. Like if I had managed to, well, those are thick books. You're not going to, unless you can, I've, I've understood that they're, book. that yeah. they're, f- that they're quick reads. Oh, really? um, okay. Yeah. I have a friend who reads about the same speed I do and, and, pretty certain that they'll they'll go pretty fast yeah. Yeah. um but i i don't think i'm gonna unless they really stretch it out i don't think i'm gonna make it through the books before the before this one gets out of theaters but i'm not oh, really yeah. foaming at the mouth to run out and see it yeah i don't know if it's a movie that needs a big screen it's like theater a, experience if i manage to catch it on the five dollar then it's worth it yeah yeah okay cool i know i mean it's if you manage to catch it on the five dollar it's, it's serviceable it. mainstream entertainment okay that's you know. good I'm all right with that. Yeah. yeah. So Chuck, hmm? you watched some. I did. You didn't watch it in the theater though. You watched it at home. No. Although I was excited to see it and I bought it day one, whoop, whoop. which I usually don't do. But uh, yeah, I watched the Muppets. 
uh, the Muppets. I wanted to. I, that was one of the movies I wanted to see in the theater. But mm-hmm. like as we say, you know, at that time Christmas of year, time. it's just you can't. I, I couldn't. Um, that was the only reason I could get away because like the family was like, yeah, I want to see that. Too. Okay. So. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that works both ways. Either yeah, yeah. You can absolutely get to the theater, or no, there's no way. I was really. I didn't know what to expect going into it. I mean, I knew that you liked it, and that sort of made me happy that I, you know, maybe it was going to be okay. But I still had this trepidation, like, really, you know, this is going to be hard to pull off. Uh, they pulled it off. They pulled it off really well. I was surprised at how effective this movie was, and especially how effective this movie was at nostalgia in terms of, I mean, not it, it's almost shameless, but not. How this movie constantly is like, hey, remember the Muppets? Hey, remember how society has just let the Muppets just disintegrate into nothingness and not being in any way valid to today's youth at all? And if they were real, can you imagine how they would feel about that? (laughs) And just doing the, like, constantly doing this thing where it's just like all the characters are just self-doubting and melancholy and it's like there's this weird layer of depth to it that I wasn't expecting. I mean, there's a lot of jokes and comedy and singing in it and stuff like that. And, and there's some really good jokes on top of jokes that I, what I, I didn't expect it to be that kind of movie, very self referential in the way it is. Mm-hmm. But then it, it, it like establishes that and runs with it. Like characters will acknowledge that they just did a musical number and that's why they're out of breath. Um, <laughs> nice. I, I will. There are two things that sort of logically bothered me about the movie. And I'll just speak about them generally. One is that when they're putting on their big show and and they're taking donations, the, the, the funny thing about the show is that it's not necessarily entertaining, the, the show part, but they've kidnapped a celebrity to host the show and they're torturing the celebrity with their sort of Muppetness. And that's, what, and that's what people seem to be enjoying. They're enjoying the celebrity's pain, not the antics of the Muppets, which mm. is odd and sort of counterproductive to what the movie is trying to establish. I think that's what the original Muppet show was all about, though. It was always supposed to be like a disaster of a show week to week. Sure, but they were also doing these sketches and everything, and and they weren't like annoying Steve Martin or anything, but... No, but I mean, that's like the thing. Well, that was the thing. It's like the celebrities were always kind of there and like sort of like, hi, where are you? Yay, I got to play nice because I'm on the Muppets because they were big and famous. But sure. I'm also on this low rent show and then you have the old guys making fun of them. And yeah, it was like it was always like, hey, this sucks, but isn't that funny? Yeah, but there wasn't any outright torturing yeah, know, of people, I, I, which is right. what's going on yes, here. I know, I know. And that's what the, the audience yes, for some reason really them. seems to enjoy this. Sure. They're like, they're, they don't give a shit about the Muppets antics. They're like, yeah, let's go see that guy get, get angry because he's all tied up and they're mad at him then the other thing is is like they're, they're trying to accumulate this amount of money to like save, save the, the orphanage the, to save the theater basically and it's it, <laughs> community theater it doesn't necessarily work out the way they want it to stomping the yard and it doesn't work out in a way they want it to like really badly like not even close to working out mm-hmm. but then like a bunch of people show up at the end you know, to, to celebrate the Muppets. And it's like, you cheap motherfuckers, you know? You just show up and you've, you've hand-painted a stupid fucking sign and that's supposed to mean you care about the Muppets? You didn't bother to donate any money to save them? I mean, what what does that say about the Muppet audience where these people are just like, I'll come down and wave at them, but I, I'm not going to give them a buck. That's stupid. That 275 you spent on poster board and markers. Right, exactly. Just give them that money. <laughs> Don't make your stupid sign that says, give them Muppets Muppet are money. cool. And, you know, it's just dumb um <laughs> this was before kickstarter dumb. sir i know i know yes. um no, no, it it kick ass on kickstarter well before it was like everywhere before people the realized yeah. kickstarter works. yeah yeah 
Um, Chris Cooper as a bad guy is miscast. Really? I, okay. I don't. I don't think he pulled it off incredibly well. I, 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 he came close, but the role needed someone to just go crazy, and he sort of seemed reserved a little bit. Like I'm Chris Cooper. I'm not really going to go that crazy. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's perfectly fine entertainment. And like, if you go out and get the Blu-ray, I think it comes with a download for the soundtrack, which you will then want to do because some of those songs I've now two days later I'm still singing in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way to get rid of that is to play the soundtrack over and over again. So, mm-hmm. um, and then listen to more Flight of the Concords. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, did they write one of them? Did okay. yeah, Brett McKenzie. Yeah, so won an Oscar. So, what's your yeah. feeling that Jason Siegel will not be back for the sequel? Writing. Here's or the thing: anything. this movie works so well as a one-off, and I really have a fear that going forward it'll just sort of degrade. Um, I, I, I'm hoping for like at least another good three, like like the original. Maybe good three. depending on how fast they yeah. hammer them out and what they intend to do. I just hope that somebody you know Disney or whomever actually realizes. Yeah, this is why this worked. Right, and we need to. We can go in a different direction, but we need to bring someone to the table that can bring the same quality. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and there were two two interesting things about it in in that they really paid so much attention to detail. I mean the the, the fact that. You know, that the Jason Siegel co-wrote this, and obviously this was something that was very important to him because the details in this thing, like, you'll see a crowd of Muppets, and then you'll see one, and it's like, what the hell is that Muppet? I don't remember. What is that? And then I, like, look it up online. It's like, oh, that's the one that's in the top corner of the intro of the Muppet Show. And you're like, wow, that's random that they've mm-hmm. included that. That's weird. The other thing was a weird callback to the end of the Muppets Take Manhattan where that movie ends with Kermit and Miss Piggy getting married, mm-hmm. and they sort of act like, wait, did that really happen? Did they really get married? This movie acknowledges that, like blatantly acknowledges that, and that's odd that that's a weird callback for that. And once I realized that that's what they were doing, I was like, wow, that's really a, a nice attention to detail on that. So, mm-hmm. you know, for, I, for people my age, I think the attention to detail and the the flat out, we're going to make you tear up now is... Mm. is quality work i think they did yeah. a good job like i said I'm, I'm so very sad because it's like to see something like that and like i said to then go watch something like paul where it's like it's like hey nostalgia remember that yeah oh yeah yeah i do but <laughs> it's not funny right and that's it's just it's really sad it's yeah. that asshole standing there going hey see what i did there yeah see what i did there but it, it should have been i don't understand how, how paul fails so miserably because it wasn't actually written by simon pegg and face. i think that was actually written by simon pegg and yeah it was and, yeah yeah Nick Frost. I don't get that. That just. Yeah. I'm reading, waiting for the uh, the gritty re- reboot of the Muppet Babies, <laughs> starring Christian Bale as Gonzo. Uh-huh. It'll happen. Sure. That's my wait. chicken. <laughs> I can't wait for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so let's take some voicemail, shall we? <laughs> that sounds yeah. a great idea. Sure. Why not? We got nothing else. You're gonna Look remake our voicemails. <laughs> gritty reboot of the podcast. Hey, it's Sunny California. I know you guys record on Monday, so I'm going to go ahead and just skip along with this. Chuck, in regards to Princess Monoke, you're wrong. Look how wrong you are. Ah, uh, Chuck, you're wrong. Sunny California, out. So, Chuck, you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Was that Chuck. Princess Mononoke? Yeah. Okay. Real quick, he's not the first person to point that out. Let me let me just... <laughs> that you're ever? wrong? Yeah. For the record, the let me say... Chuck is always wrong. I am not an anime person. I don't watch anime. Mm-hmm. I had to go to a screening of that and thought it was absolutely dreadful, and... And so I stand by thinking it's a terrible movie, but I am in no way, any way knowledgeable about anime whatsoever. So I do not take my hatred of that movie seriously. You need to be a better fan well, of the genre. I, I was sort of exaggerating for comedic effect on the show. I did dislike it. I haven't thought about it since. No big deal. Yeah. 
We're not holding anything, a grudge against it. No, no, no. Yeah, I just, yeah. I realize it's not my thing. Yeah. And I said, like I said, I, I honestly have no fucking idea what happened in that movie, nope. but it's pretty. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so look nice. Yeah. I'd love to somebody maybe try to The American it. voices no, actually, were I weird. No, I wouldn't know. I hear that things were animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. And there's a princess. princess. Yep. Tree people. Right. Yes. We have more uh, voicemails. Let's Woo! do those. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Voicemails. Hey, Babcast. Listener Scott from Dallas here. I just got done watching the Andy Sedaris Girls, Guns, and G-Strings collection. It's upon your high opinions of Hartik Tawai and Picasso Trigger. Those are both from the first disc, and while that's a good disc, the real deal is this too. The A-side movies, Guns and Do or Die, are probably his best work. The B-side movies, Hard Hunted and Fit to Kill, are a bit too self-aware for my taste, but I have to admit they have the best explosions out of all 12 movies. Since you guys already have this collection, I would definitely recommend, recommend popping in this too if you're ever bored. Not for the Bandcast or anything, although they'd be great movies, but, you know, just whenever. You will be entertained, I can guarantee this. And in case I somehow need to sell you on the excellence that is Sedaris, I am prepared to do so. Guns features Eric Estrada as a Swiss hitman and Danny Trejo as a Chinese crime boss. There are multiple screen-filling explosions, dummies being carried into the air by explosions, and great reaction shots from people who realize they're about to be blown up. Also, boobies. I'm not going to say much about Do or Die, other than the fact Eric Estrada shows up again, this time playing a completely different character. And yes, there is continuity. Definitely watch these sometime. I can't recommend them to you or the Bandcast audience enough. Scott out. Right on. All right, Scott. All yes, right. we have that set. That's where we have been watching those movies from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we do one like once every two months or so. I yeah. think that's a that's a good buffer. Mm-hmm. You can't watch that much ridiculousness <laughs> right now. There's buffers. Yeah. We we got to buffer it out with movies that don't have high fiving after every murder. <laughs> <laughs> Why? But those are the because paths. then yeah, you get that's a terrible you get desensitized. Idea. To the, oh, true. Yeah, oh, very true. Yeah, yes, it's you special. Don't, the high fives don't mean as much. So you've seen very, a whole bunch very, of them. Very true. Right. Okay. So email time. Yeah, it's email time. Hey, yes. let's get an email from Derek. Time. Hey, Derek. Hey. Yeah. No. What's up, Derek in Kansas? What's up, D? His, uh, the title of the email is "I don't blame you." All right. We don't either. Says, hey guys, it's Derek in Kansas. Hey Derek. Derek. I'm a few episodes behind, but recently caught the reference to my email. Hmm. Happy you took the time to read it, and I in no way blame you for not watching what is undoubtedly an abortion of on the senses. Oh. What movie was it that I don't know? I've that not... was the dudes with chick tits and stuff, I think. What? The one that he saw oh, the cover. The yeah. one that he sent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah we were okay. like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah. I most wanted list. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. He dude. said, I did, however, need to let you know that as a result of your podcast, I had a horribly odd moment at my job. <laughs> I'm a small town police officer in a town of roughly 3,000 people. As a result, whenever we arrest a local, they tend to yell and scream at us. Well, recently during a DUI arrest, the female suspect yelled, You're nothing but a loose cannon, you piece of shit. This comment Whoa. made me laugh so hard that she proceeded to call me a blood belching <laughs> vagina. <laughs> wow. The reason I laughed is I recently. <laughs> the reason I laughed is I have recently gone back and listened to each episode through my iPhone while on duty, and was that no. very night listening to an episode where you express your disappointment over the lack of the use of loose cannon. Just had to tell you. <laughs> Thanks again for helping me stay awake while on shift, and if you could suggest any more podcasts, I would be grateful. Derek in Kansas. Derek, I want the Your Dash Cam podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we need that tape. A blood belching vagina. Yes. Sure. Mm. I want to see how... That's the best insult ever. Disheveled. Period. No. Ew. 
blood belching. Well, Derek, yeah. if you have any interest in video games, we do a video game podcast called No Quarters. We you can find it at noquarters.net. Plenty of episodes of that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is us. Um, yep. We've and actually known are... people who don't really play video games but still listen to it, so you never know. Who <laughs> knows why? It's way more loose format. <laughs> yeah. As in none. Yeah, we yeah, just we, randomly we, talk. We side we quest are, and do all sorts of random We bullshit. are loose cannons. Yeah. It's a good time. A rollicking good time, even. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I I kind of had to stop listening to podcasts for the most part when we started doing this, because I would... My, the way my brain works, I just suck things in and will spit it back out and not realize that, that I'm I do, parroting yeah, something exact else. Exact same thing. So I, I kind of don't listen to them as much, but I can recommend old ones that I used to listen to. And obviously, yeah, go for it. Again, with the video games thing, I think we will all we're all in agreement with Idle Thumbs. Yes, that's a big inspiration to us. Again, it's video games, but it's so transcendental of video games like against every it, kind of way you can possibly talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Like they've just they focus on the weird minutia of games and. It's hilarious and irrelevant. And, and they do all go on some movie-related I mean, tangents once yeah, in a while. Yeah. Like and Kangaroo Jack is a big favorite yeah. of theirs. And they're, despite, I mean, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But they're also really good at dissecting these weird yeah. portions of games. And they're all sort of game industry mm-hmm. insiders, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And they have just really good insight on this on this stuff. And it's, it's a great conversation. So listen to them. Um, um, the other one I would say is uh, I, it comes and goes as far as the regularity of posting. I don't think they're doing it anymore, but you can go back and listen to the old uh, Hijinks and Sue podcasts. Uh, big fan of those. I mean, especially the early ones are fucking hilarious. If if you make it, I think it's episode three or four where they discuss the incident in the bathroom. If you make it there and you're not following the podcast and like laughing along, then you're just lost. Just give up then. But that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard uh, anyone have a conversation about. Awesome. Uh, yeah, if you're actually looking for one who does stuff similar to us, um, there's one called Projection Booth, where they do cult movies, but they actually try to get interviews with people involved in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like the Captain America episode, they talked to Albert Pune, but they only got to talk Pune. to him for like five minutes. So that Aww. was kind of disappointing. But there's other ones where he has, where the, he'll have guys that were involved in the movie there for the whole time. So he t- covers a ton of cult stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not, it's a lot more clinical than we are <laughs> they don't everything yeah. is more they, they're not right. they, we are yeah they're they're more like really wanting to delve into the the nuts and bolts of the movie and why it works and why people enjoy it and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and, and that's the one i actually imagine when i said i kind of it made me feel a little bit differently about forbidden zone and could at least accept what they were trying to go for sure listening to that made me go okay all right fine yeah but yeah, if you like movie related stuff, obviously they're going to cover a lot of the similar stuff to what we've done. So right. they're definitely worth a listen. Sure. Um, and real quick, if I can recommend the uh, the worst podcast of all time, which you can find on YouTube called the Pockets of Sanity Podcast. Oh God, uh, <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> Seriously, uh, it's it's really good, and the host is handsome. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's also a self centered. <laughs> yeah. Heard. All right, well, let's just go ahead and get some contact information out of the way so we can get out of here. So check us out on the website at bmfcast.com. Send us emails to bmf at bmfcast.com. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash bmfcast, where you can like us and, you know, post stuff on our wall. Uh, we have the new timeline thing. It's weird. I don't like it, but it's it's there. Yeah, we had to. But we have it. We have to. It's <laughs> there. <laughs> Woo! Uh, also, check us out on Twitter, where everything is still the same and doesn't suck. Yeah! Uh, Twitter.com slash BMFcast. <laughs> you can send us tweets about stuff, and it's entirely possible that we will re- respond to you. You can also check us out on iTunes. Search for Bad Movie Fiends Podcast, and you can rate and review us and subscribe to our podcast and have them delivered magically to your 
iTunes devicey thing, whatever that should be. We like uh, we like five stars and good reviews, but really, from you, anything makes us happy. Also, check us out on Stitcher, which is uh, an app for all of your relevant mobile devices that will stream us magically into your ear holes through the m- magical magic of... <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole lot of magic. Super magic. Uh-huh. Through the super magic, magic of squared. telephony and internets. Uh-huh. Or you can give us a thumbs up, and that uh, that will make sure that Stitcher knows how awesome we are according to you. And then the most important thing that you can ever do, the thing that will validate your existence and renew your spirit at the same time... <laughs> That is to give a call to the one, the only, the Banffcast hotline, the Garfield phone. Mm-hmm. Give us a ring at 9105-JOCKS-BMF or 9105569263. And like your compatriots tonight, you will be featured on the second half of the Banffcast. All right, let's get out of here. Yes. Let's. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm the Beach. And I'm Chuck. And this is Banffcast out. Motherfuckers. Okay, sounds good. Uh, f- <laughs> brain fart. Total brain sounds fart. Awesome. So brain. <laughs> sounds awesome. <laughs> Let's totally do that. <laughs> hey, website, bmfcast.com. I got it, I got it. Twitter. Also, you can find us on iTunes. Search for Bad Movie Fiends Podcast or BMFCast where you can l- subscribe to us, rate us. <laughs> and <Yeah>, Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> I almost said where you can like us. <laughs> sure. I'll do it. Since you asked so nicely. Oh, or you can stick it in our boots. <laughs> You can l- call us. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you can also check us out on iTunes, where you can. Oh, I'm <laughs> 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 such a rank amateur. That was close. I cannot believe I've done 118 episodes of this bullshit, right. and I can't nail it. I almost took a sip. <laughs> Drink your drinks, mm. Chuck. Shut your fucking mouth. Sorry. <laughs> Chuck, I'm sorry. Damn it. God damn it, Chuck! Stop being entertained. <laughs> so sorry. Stop Are you enjoy- not entertained? <laughs> Stop enjoying yourself. Are you overly entertained? <laughs> yep.